Hello and welcome to SAE Tomorrow Today. I'm your host, Grayson Brulte. On today's episode, we're absolutely honored to have Joe Liefer, Senior Product Manager, Autonomy, John Deere. On today's episode, Joe and I discussed optimizing the farm, the environmental impacts of how farmers are great stewards of the land and they're passing land on to next generations, and the role that autonomy will play in the farms of the future. At John Deere, it's all about optimizing the farm and doing right by farmers. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the podcast, Joe. Thank you. Excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here, and I got to give a shout out to the marketing team at John Deere. I love the new tagline, nothing runs like a deer autonomously. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's fantastic, right? It's a play on on some of our heritage and where we're going in, in the future. Because you've got the you got the iconic logo, the the iconic green that everybody knows. Um, we had Al Savage on a previous episode. And he talks about when he travels and he wears the John Deere hat. Everybody wants to talk to him, so it's it's an iconic brand. When you look at John Deere, it, it's a global company. Agriculture is, is a global industry. The world population is projected to grow to nearly 10 billion by 2050. Food demand is going to rise. We're having raising commodity prices. How can John Deere and the company's long-term commitment to innovation and technology prepare the world for this exponential growth of population and food demand? Yeah, great question, right? And great setup. I mean, ultimately what, what we're focused on as a company is providing and developing new products to help farmers be more profitable on their farm, be more sustainable. And they, they do that through ultimately growing more food with less inputs on the land that they have. Right, land is a precious commodity, and we, we see less and less farmland every year. And so, how do we we grow more food on the land that we have to feed that growing population that you mentioned? And so, that's what we're focused on: is how can we use new technology and innovation to continue to bring new products to those farmers that create value and ultimately create more food. Land is a precious commodity because you always hear the thing: "Well, you want to buy in the ocean because that's where you want to be, and homes on the ocean only go up." But it's a very valid point about farmland. If you look, let's look in Iowa, for example. Des Moines expanding, that farmland is shrinking. So that's a, that's a very valid point. When you look at all the John Deere innovations, you look at the acquisitions, you acquire Blue River for the precision sea and spray, acquire Bear Flag Robotics for, with, with the great autonomy. Do you see more startups pursuing the opportunity because as the land shrinks, you have to quote unquote, optimize the land that you're working on since startups are really good at focusing on optimization? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one, one agriculture is just a super exciting place to be, you know, as John Deere and, and with, with our, our startups that we acquired, Blue River and, and Bear Flag Robotics, we also believe that we can lead in some of this technology in the agricultural space, right? Uh, in field autonomy, as an example, versus on highway. So it's an exciting space to work. There's monumental challenges that, that we have. And, and the technology that is, that is coming online today computer vision, um, some of these advanced controls for hydraulic and, and electrification can be put to use on a job on a farm field essentially tomorrow. And so that's the that's what I think is starting to draw more more startups to the space is, you know, they see not only what John Deere is doing, but what all, some other uh, innovators in the space are doing. And it becomes a point where like, we could commercialize this product today. Let's let's go work in this this agricultural space. And then for Deere, right, we're always always looking for how do we partner and work with some some new innovative companies to bring that that value to, to farmers on a global scale. I want to give a, a, a shout out to the, the Deere team overall because Deere's now had the announcement several weeks ago. You're investing in electrification, and if you look at the the heritage of John Deere, there's always 
two and three steps ahead. Wall Street has consistently rewarded you for leading on innovation, but you hit the most important nail on the head, commercialization. That is the absolute key, and that's something that, that John Deere does really well. When you look at commercialization, you look at the majority of the farms in the United States are owned by by families. They go down from generation to generation. Dad was a farmer, son becomes a farmer. If you look at the, called the old school apprenticeship program. How are those farmers approaching autonomy? Are they looking at it as as a way that they can ex- expand or optimize the land, or how are they approaching autonomy? Yeah, so so really, we've developed autonomy at the request of farmers. You know, and farmers face incredible challenges every growing season, and time being one of those biggest challenges. And so, how do I get the job that I need to do today, tomorrow done? Generally, I have to do you know two to three things at the same time, and then. How do I find enough people to help me far- farm farm this land or run these jobs, run the equipment? And so farmers are asking for other ways to add additional automation, as well as then they've been requesting autonomy here in the last several years. And so that's where as Deer and Company, we got really serious about it in 2019. Um, how do we bring true infield autonomy to farmers to be another tool in their toolbox to go tackle the jobs that they have to do that day? And so For the first time, as we revealed at CES, we're giving the farmer the opportunity to step out of the cab, out of that tractor seat, and then they can go do something else. It could be, you know, a higher value added job on the farm, uh, could be be spending time with family, could be doing something in the community, but it ultimately it starts to empower them to be a force multiplier and let them really control their time and what they focus on on the farm. I mean, it goes along with John Mellencamp and Willie Nelson, Dave Matthews with Farm Aid. You're keeping the family farm in the farm because they're, it's publicly known there's a labor shortage. Farmers are having a, a, a very hard time attracting talent and retaining talent. And then here you are, you're innovating, you're introducing a new product that can allow them to farm. That's very, very powerful. Yeah, thank you. No, it's it's super exciting. And not only can it help them, you know, just manage the labor challenge, but it also can help them manage asset utilization and timing because now it has the ability to run 24 seven. Um, you know, the human body, right? Farmers go so hard in these six to eight week windows in spring and fall, the human body cannot go, you know, 24 seven. And so now autonomy can can also pick up more hours in the day to help improve the timeliness of the job, which ultimately leads to more yield and growing more food. It leads to higher profits and lower costs, which which will help that farmer throughout. So let's an example, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Farmer, the tractors out there running in the field and they're having a family dinner. How do they operate the tractor? Does Mr. Farmer or Mrs. Farmer get a note on their phone? Okay, this field is done going to the next field. How does that work? Yeah, no, great question. And so, so as I mentioned earlier, right, we focus on infield autonomy and, and to maybe to start, right, John Deere has really been, been innovating from what we call precision agriculture in the last 20 years. And that is where, um, as you talk to Al Savage, right, our GPS technology and what we call like our guidance products, AutoTrack, uh, really is the basis for how we developed autonomy. And so you have to have a field boundary or a geofence so we know where it's safe to operate this equipment inside of a farmer's field. So that's the basis. So as a farmer drives the tractor to the field, they select the boundary, they do some quick setup in the tractor on the command center for that job. You know, it can take take 60 seconds is, is the amount of setup that they have to do. And then they step out of the cab and pull out their, their uh, smartphone, 
connect to John Deere Operations Center Mobile. And from there, they can start the job. And then that's how they continue to monitor the job, stop it, make remote adjustments. Also, they now for the first time can see live video from any of our six stereo cameras that are that are on this new autonomous 8R. And so there's all kinds of technology that one ties the John Deere's Precision Ag suite together into one seamless pro product. But then we also add, you know, more enhancements to the current tech to give them true field context and true controllability of the equipment now from your, from your smartphone via via John Deere Operations Center Mobile. So as your as Mr. and Mrs. Farmer are sitting there having dinner, if there's an operational decision that needs to be made, like say there's something uh, unexpected is in the field, they're going to get a push notification, be able to open up their cell phone and and maybe they don't want to interrupt their dinner to to remove that obstacle in the field so they'll be able to just choose to give the the system permission to route around an object and keep doing the job and then they can go back later and, and remove that object and, and clean up the field it's game changing i mean look at it from a quality of life perspective absolutely absolutely right and, and it really it really allows you then to to focus on other things while you know the job is getting done in the background right so farmers today you know, during spring and fall, right? And really anytime throughout the growing season, they feel tremendous pressure and stress that if they're not there in the tractor cab, the job isn't getting done. And so this is for the first time for them, allows them to know the job is getting done, be able to remotely monitor it on their cell phone, but but yet be able to go do something else. Stress is important. It's like, am I gonna get this job done? Am I gonna be out there all night? You, you lower the stress, which in, in theory, in practicality, very frank with you, can lower the healthcare cost for the farm and for those employees because the stress levels not there has a long it has a long term positive impact on the farm but a long term positive impact on health uh, for society globally. So they're operating everything through the John Deere Operations Center Mobile. Does that become the nervous center, the, the central core of farm of the future where John Deere, if you want to use a Lego analogy, can add on another block or you want to use a tech analogy, put pull in from this API. Does that become like that central hub of the farm of the future? Yeah, absolutely it does. And it's it's not only Operations Center Mobile, but it's also our web application as well. And so, you know, what we revealed in 2022, um, we'll have a limited number of autonomous systems out there on, on farmers' fields. But then as we think about going forward to the future, not only will do we expect that farmers will have one piece of autonomous equipment, but they might be running multiple pieces of autonomous equipment at the same time on their farm. And so it'll be a mix of, you know, controlling a specific piece of equipment from, from your, your mobile device, as well as we'll, you'll see us bring enhancements to our operation center on the web that'll really allow you to, you know, kind of manage your entire farming operation, say from that home farm office, as well as, you know, add other views to see at on a larger scale, where is my multiple pieces of equipment? Start to, to manage logistics that way, and then making you know decisions on how to optimize productivity, what what job to do next, what field to do next, through both web and mobile. So more more to come for sure. Is there a limit if you uh, let's see Nebraska, Iowa, Kansas, or South Dakota? Is there a limit for those larger farms of how many autonomous tractors can run at once, or is it just restricted by the the amount of land that the farmer needs to farm? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's really a grower preference on how they want to size equipment and, and how many pieces of, you know, how many either tractors, combine sprayer that they want to to manage in order to, to cover their acres. But what we what we did just to be from a tech standpoint, what we introduced here or revealed in, in 2022 is 
one autonomous tractor operating in the field at, at, at a, any given time. But John Deere already has technology where we do what we call coverage map sharing or allowing multiple machines to work in the field at the same time. So you can see as we go forward here into 2023 and beyond, right? We will, we will enable autonomy to follow that same suit where you could have multiple pieces of equipment jointly doing path planning and job optimization together in the field. Uh, and so then not only could you have multiple machines in a field, but you could have multiple autonomous machines in your fleet in, in a number of fields that you're managing. You're enabling the farmers to build the farms of the future. That's clearly what it is. Thank you. Yeah, we, we believe so, right? And if you think about some of our automation technology, like we just introduced CN Spray Ultimate here uh, in the last couple of days, that's really making the equipment superhuman. In addition to then, right, we're also introducing technology that, that can allow the driver to step out of the cab. And so what starts to get really exciting then as you think about just those two pieces of tech we introduced here in 2022 is as they start to come together, right, what does the future really look like? CN spray is great. I think, I mean, that's going to have a big positive impact. And when you really dive into how impactful that technology is from an optimization standpoint, it's really powerful. Will that technology eventually be integrated into the autonomous tra tractor? Absolutely. It could be right. We're, we're going to listen to our farmers and understand where, the, where they want to take autonomy next, right? We started in, in uh, fall tillage because that's, that's where farmers have a tremendous amount of labor pressure. They're not only trying to, to harvest the grain, right? They have to manage a, a combine, a grain cart in the field. There's on-highway semis to remove the grain from the field, either going to a bin site or, or to market, in addition to then doing the job of, of uh, residue incorporation in the fall. So we started there because that's what farmers asked us to help us help them manage that labor crunch and time crunch. So we'll, we're continuing to talk to farmers as farmers like actually see and get this type of technology for the first time. It's really also opening up their eyes of where, where they would like to see it applied next. And so the conversations, uh, I'll call it before they've actually seen our autonomous 8R and then after they've they've used it, controlled controlled this 40,000 pound machine from, from their smartphone, it really, really gets the gears turning really quickly around, all right, how can I now start to farm differently if I had this technology? And so we're getting some awesome feedback and insights where, where farmers would like us to, to enable this. What are some of those insights? The farmers come up with really cool ideas. You're like, okay, this is really cool. We can do this. This is a scalable market that we can commercialize. Yeah. I mean, what we heard and, and what, where you see us taking this technology to start, right? This is a tremendous amount of trust that farmers have to place really in John Deere and, and in our technology for them to step out of the tractor that they own and allow it to run autonomously in the field. So the way we approached our initial product going to market is to build it on top of an existing tractor that the farmer already owns, right? So it's a retrofit style technology. In addition, we're using the precision ag features that they've been leveraging for 20 years, right? The tractors have been self-driving for 20 years. We've had connectivity from, from machine to cloud for the last several years. And so we're making an incremental step to say, go retrofit this tech on your, your current fleet, step out of the, out of the cab for the first time. And so you'll see us enable more tractors, more implements, more jobs in the in the short term to really allow farmers to get comfortable with with what an autonomous operation might look like without asking them, say, to go buy an expensive, all new piece of equipment that that might have, say, uh, a limited functionality. Right. A tractor is really like a Swiss Army knife on the farm. It does many, many jobs. And so we started there. But what it, what it starts to open up the idea of in the conversation is. You know, is there new farming practices and new machine forms that would allow us to 
reduce compaction and really better optimize the job at farming because I no longer have to sit in that cab to, to execute the job. So that that's what we'll continue to explore and, and we'll look for, for that not only in-house, but we'll, we'll watch, you know, other startups in the space of, of what's going on going forward. When John Deere, you roll out your autonomous tractor and you want to engage with farmers, do you want to build the most critical thing in autonomy, no matter what your vertical is, is trust. Do, do you bring the autonomous tractor to fairs that in Massachusetts, such as the Big E that has a large agriculture impact or to the Iowa State Fair with large agriculture and demo the tractor for those farmers so they can see it in the real world and kind of they can put their hands on it and touch it and experience it? Is that how you build that trust initially? What we've done to date is, is you know, Previous to the Consumer Electronics Show, we've been on uh, a limited number of farms, right, to really control the technology before it was public. And then we were bringing uh, a number of farmers, you know, to those cooperators to let them see it and experience it. Then part of the reason we're approaching this technology rollout differently here with autonomy is, you know, we revealed it. It's not available for mass production, but it's available in a limited release. That allows us to open up that conversation publicly with, with growers all over, not only the U.S., but really the world, as well as then now this fall, we will ship units uh, to farmers to use. We'll partner with our, our the local John Deere dealers as well to get more eyes on the equipment to gain more feedback. And so you'll see us continue that then as we go into 23 and, and beyond as there'll be more units available to start to really grow our geographic footprint for local demonstrations and local feedback. And it's it'll be in partnership with our with our John Deere dealers. Shipping in the fall, that, that's a big accomplishment. I give you a lot of credit because you see, let's just call Acme Company makes announcement, beer in five years. Five years turns into six years, turns into seven years. John Deere makes the announcement. It'll be here in the fall. Job well done. Thank you. Thank you. We're super excited and, and our, our farmers are excited. So it's been a, a fun journey and it's been a fast journey, right? Like I said, we really got serious in 2019 and, and started developing the technology really in-house with uh, along with not only like our, our tractor engineering group, our intelligent solutions group, but also then in in our acquisition of Blue River Technology. So we've developed the the, the autonomy in-house and, and we're ready to go. Another acquisition you made, we had in Gino and Aubrey on a previous podcast is BearFlag. They're really cool, great you know founding story coming out of CMU. How will BearFlag's technology be integrated to the overall deer autonomy stack? Yeah, abs- absolutely a great question. Phenomenal company and, and a ton of talent out there uh, in California inside the BearFlag organization. And so one, we were on the same mission, right? So it's super exciting as we truly start to collaborate and work together. And they've also taken a little bit different approach to to autonomy, right? John Deere, what we revealed at Consumer Electronics Show, our backbone is, is stereo cameras and computer vision to give become the eyes around the equipment and safeguard that equipment. Bearflag has has invested in some LIDAR and radar technology and become experts in that. If you if you just step back and think about it from a from a John Deere standpoint, you know, really the the, the vast amount of customers and jobs that we serve around the world that are all asking for autonomy and those jobs are there's a lot of similarities, but there's differences, right? You could be in standing crop, you could be in included occluded situations, right? Where where uh, stereo cameras, right? If, you, if a human eye cannot see it, neither can a stereo camera. So if you think about it, as we start to go into these different jobs, you'll see us start to integrate some tech out of Bear Flag into our autonomy stack. 
And so, so we're going to go forward with, with developing one autonomy stack that'll interface with, with deer vehicles, but it'll, it'll have a modular approach where we can add different sensing modalities to that autonomy stack, depending on the job that we're trying to do or the machine form we're, we're bolted up to. Could that also apply since deer is a global company, different geographies, different climates, one might be a more of a rockier terrain, one might be more of a soily terrain. Can Will you um, add the components based on the terrain and the, and the weather? Yeah, absolutely, right? And, and we, we, you know, agricultural all around the world, right? It's, it's generally a dusty environment. Um, some jobs are dustier than others, right? And so you'll see us focus on, on essentially the, the initial technology costs. We chose stereo cameras and that approach with, with our uh, GPUs to, to really manage costs in the initial product. Right, and then as we go into, I'll call it a more complex job. You'll see us add other sens- sensor packages that that then will meet that need. It's really smart, and I could see a point in the future where if you localize the product to a certain region, just based on the demands of that region, that becomes interesting. When you're building the autonomy stack, is dust um, a big problem? Um, uh, Jason Erschwitz from Luminar, I talked to him quite a bit, and he talks about in Florida the love bug problem. So when these love bugs come, they hit your LIDAR in Florida, the vehicle can't see. And that was a challenge that Luminar had to figure out, him and Austin had to overcome. Is dust one of those challenges you're building your autonomy stack just based on the conditions that your vehicles are going to run that you had to overcome and solve for? Yeah, absolutely. Dust is present. In, in agricultural, essentially almost in every job, right? And so we've had to, we've had to understand how do we train on dust? How do we work around dust? Um, and there's gonna be some conditions where it's just an extremely windy day. And, and uh, if you get the wrong wind, right? The, the system will not be able to safely see, right? And so early on, we'll be able to automatically detect those kind of, of blackout conditions and, and the equipment will, will, will be stopped. In addition though, bugs at night right or even think about birds birds kind of get flocked uh, to fresh soil and so our system um you know we've had to essentially train it on on what what bugs look like we've had to train it on what birds look like because uh, it will stop for a bird flying flying in front of the tractor and so those are just some of the you know kind of the i'll call it the unexpected things that we've had to train on and learn so we can continue to work out in the field you've had some unique edge cases it sounds like Absolutely right, and the the team has done an awesome job as as they've developed our our approach from a from a CVML standpoint of really because there's so many unknowns right from an autonomy standpoint we've actually developed our system where we focus on navigable terrain right and that's what we're looking for we're we're, we're looking for common things that you see in a farming landscape navigable terrain trees sky fence rows things like that. And so then, then we're then looking for exceptions that might be in that field, right? What is a, what is an unexpected large object, human vehicle that that is not navigable terrain? And so that way we can account, or or we can be be safe around these unpredictable things that that might show up in a field, you know. So something might blow in from a road, or or uh, you know something might just show up in a farmer's field that that they didn't place there. But we want to make sure we can detect it and and stop for it every time. When you look at birds, there's 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 big birds, there's little birds, and then you see a lot of hawks around farm. It, how was that training the system? Say, okay, this is a little dove bird, and this is a big hawk. Did you have to kind of zone in and figure out those problems from the from the? You went through the whole uh, ecosystem of birds per se. 
<laughs> um, no, and let me, let me talk a little bit too around what we've what we've trained it on, as well as how we've developed the system to account for some of these unknowns. So one, you know, as we look at the job that we revealed, we're using a, a John Deere twenty four thirty chisel plow, and it has what we we call twelve inch shanks shank spacing, or there's twelve inches between some ground engaging components. And so first and foremost, right, we're looking for objects that are that are twelve inches and larger in diameter. Um, because we want to make sure that that we stop for those things because they could get get caught up in the tool. But second, what we've also developed the system is we want to give farmers the time back, right? We talked early on around how do we let that farmer go do something else, improve their quality of life, focus in other places. And so we've actually developed our autonomy system with John Deere in the loop. And so anytime we come to a stop in the field, Deer will be the the quote unquote first line of defense, and so if it's if we see a bird, right, and and we didn't necessarily recognize it as a bird, we will have uh, uh, folks in the loop that can that can classify it as a bird, restart the system remotely, and and it'll continue doing the job, and ultimately then that farmer is not interrupted because it really wasn't an operational decision. Um, same thing of if you think about on highway, off highway, right. The penalty to stop in a farmer's field is really productivity. It's not safety, right? We're going 8, 12, 14 miles an hour in the field. And if we come to a stop, we're not going to get rear-ended or, or cause an accident. And so that is why we developed the system for deer in the loop. We can take a, a, a safety-first approach, have the deer folks kind of look at any of those stops, be able to, to essentially handle false positives, and restart, restart the system without the farmer ever having to get involved. And then what we'll... If there is, you know, uh, an operational decision that needs to be made, right, we'll send that push notification through John Deere Operations Center Mobile, and, and then the farmer engages from there. It's a very smart approach. You're right about the, the safety elements. I could see that, you know, I've been through Iowa and Nebraska and the Midwest, and sometimes you just see one tractor yep. on the field. Yep. And then maybe occasionally, my daughter thinks it's cool, you see a scarecrow, but it, <laughs> you don't have to worry about the scarecrow jumping in front of the tractor to see if it will stop. That's right. Unless we're in the Wizard of Oz. That's <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> so the farmer, Mr. and Mrs. Farmer in there having dinner, it raises the question of how long can the tractor run before it has to be refueled? Yeah, yeah, great question. And so ultimately this equipment that, that John Deere has has about a 10 to 12 hour fuel window. So, you know, every 10 to 12 hours, if, if they're in a large field, they would need to go out and, and service that equipment, right? Re refill it with fuel and then let it resume the job. As well as then, They'll be able to monitor the, the job progress when the, the, the tractor is, is getting close to being done with the field, right? We'll send them a notification just so they can help with logistical planning. Um, and then once it completes the field, it'll go back to the field edge. The farmer can, can pick up their autonomous system, move it to the next field, start the next job. Basically two fuel changes and you can run it for 24 hours essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. That's great. So you can go to bed at... Yeah, I don't know. Eight o'clock, you wake up at five or six, and the tractor's still doing. You're like, "Well, this was wonderful. This is great." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Putting this all together, in your opinion, what is the future of ag tech? Yeah, that's a, that's a, a that's a really exciting and, and fun question. You know, if you just think about like how far we've come in the last twenty years from the introduction of of guidance right and really the ability to to do self-driving tractors and what's that has enabled from reducing inputs reducing overlap right wasted seed chemical fertilizer you see what we can do with cn spray ultimate of actually now being able to start to 
truly see these hundreds of thousands of plants every second as say a self-propelled sprayer goes across the field you couple in the the ability to run that equipment autonomously you know ultimately what what i think it starts to look like from a future of ag is we can truly start to micromanage millions of plants at scale and so maybe that requires some equipment changes maybe it maybe it's uh the, the existing machine forms right we'll, we'll learn that together with farmers but ultimately what i think you'll start to see is we can truly from start to finish micromanage you know millions of plants at scale to in- ensure like every seed has the optimal growing environment and what it needs from a nutrient and resource standpoint to produce the most the most yield right or ultimately the most food for the world and so to me that's that's what's truly exciting about it and we'll see innovations come not only in the form of electrification you know new new ways of of controlling hydraulics liquid etc as well as uh computer vision and machine learning which will really be the backbone of of the next evolution the new tagline for john deere could be nothing optimizes a farm like a john deere (laughs) i love it i love it that's a great one Absolutely, it could be. I'll take a marketing <laughs> royalty for that. But there, there you go. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> but it just, it just seems that throughout everything John Deere is doing, it all revolves around doing good for the farmer, but the bit, the core to make that happen is optimization. Is that a fair statement? I think, I think it absolutely is. And, and, you know, I think the other thing that, that should be said, right, is not only are we trying to, to do good for the farmer, right? But farmers are focused on doing good for for the land that they farm, right? You know, farmers are extremely environmental conscientious because like you said, right, it's a family farm. It's handed down from from generation to generation. And farmers truly understand that they need to leave leave essentially the ground, the soil in a better condition than than when they got it from their father. And so so it goes kind of hand in hand of not only are we trying to optimize and add value to farmers, but through that, they also expect us to help them become more environmentally sustainable. Farmers care. It's passed down from absolutely from generation to generation. Re- reflecting on this, how has farming changed over the last decade? Good question. I mean, ultimately, if we think about it, and I'll just start at in, in 2000, right? Every acre was essentially manually driven. Right. And so so you you were physically exhausted from focusing on on trying to drive the tractor straight because we've enabled self-driving technology and then continued to add other automation where, you know, we can turn the tractor around at the end of the row. We can ensure um, there's no overlap or waste of, of seeds and chemicals uh, through some of this automation technology. You know, what you've seen is the, the, the physical stress level, right, of, of doing the job has come down on farmers. And then while they're in the tractor seat, right, they're, be, they're able to start to make better management decisions. And so it's, it's truly allowed them to, to, to go from focusing on, hey, how do, I, how do I make a best decision from my farm? to then how do I make the best decision for this field? Because I now have data coming off of each individual field through the connectivity and John Deere Operations Center. To now you're also today starting to see farming decisions made at a, I'll call it a zone level, or you can do prescription farming inside of a farm field. So you're seeing this window of management shrink over the last 20 years. And then as I just mentioned, right, to the future, I think ultimately becomes plant by plant management with with the, the precision technology that we'll introduce. And it all ties into optimization. So you started in 2000 optimizing this and optimizing it. You just keep optimizing it. 
like the Energizer Bunny, you just keep optimizing and optimizing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. The, there's there's a tremendous opportunity to just to to increase increase food production, as you said at the start, um, and that that's coming through optimization of the the current ground that farmers are farming. You've seen a, a lot, Joe. You've been a deer sixteen years. That's a long. That's a healthy run. If you're a baseball player, you're getting ready for retirement. That's a that's a long <laughs> run. How did you first become interested in ag? Yeah. So, so uh, fun question. So I grew up on what John Deere would consider a hobby farm. My parents both came from, from family farms and we grew up in the country with, with raising, raising a few animals. So I always grew up around agriculture. And then as I, I went to college, I got my undergrad in mechanical engineering and really looked around at, at where I could, could apply those skills. Seeing John Deere tractors essentially all my life had me interested in deer, had the opportunity to start with an internship and then became hooked. So the, the people that I get to work with at John Deere is it's a tremendous amount of talent and, and it just became an addicting environment. So I started off, you know, really doing, I'll call it manufacturing and, and operations jobs and then started getting closer to product development and then ultimately closer to the intersection of interfacing with, with farmers as well as product development teams on what technology they need. How do we how do we translate that to, to our development teams to go build new products and new features? And really for for the last kind of seven or eight years, just been been working on that intersection of talking to farmers about about some of their problems and their challenges, working with our, our engineering teams on what's possible, right? Looking at technology and say, how could we apply this to this farmer problem? And then and also I have the opportunity then to take not only that that new tech we talked about. I get to go take it to their farms, let them let them use it, get the feedback, right, of is it solving the problem? What changes do we need to make? And so it's just, it's an incredibly fun cycle to, to be on both the, the front end and the commercialization aspect of this new tech. Having grown up on a hobby farm and when you meet with farmers and go to farms, does that help right off the bat start to establish trust because you have that family background of coming up on a farm and says, oh, but here's not a corporate sales guy. Here's a gentleman that actually grew up on a farm. Does that help build that trust? Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And then uh, my, my wife and I are dual deer, right? So we're, we're, we're committed to John Deere. And then actually in, in 2018, we, we, uh, we started our own little farming operation, super small scale here in, in, in Illinois, but we've been, we've been growing that. And so that, that for me too, as a, as a product manager, I get to use our precision ag products, right? I get to, to go work with our, with our partner, uh, on the land that my wife and I owned and run the equipment. And so it also, that also helps establish trust because I'm seeing the same problems they have. I'm using the same technology that they have available. And so, you know, we can get to a common conversation pretty quickly. It goes to the whole, you know, the Google thing, eat your own dog food, but yet you're not eating dog food. You're, you're growing agriculture products. <laughs> what, what are you growing on your land? So we, we are here uh, um, just outside of Moline, Illinois, where John Deere headquarters are. Uh, we're, we're a corn and soybean operation. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Nothing beats good corn. Um, I'm here in Florida in the summer. We get Everglades corn, and it's phenomenal. Yeah, the the spring, or the summer sweet corn season, right, is, is the best time of year for sure. <laughs> this is great. So you're sitting there. You're, you're building autonomy at John Deere. You're using the product. You're running your farm with your wife. What's John Deere's future for autonomy? Was this was this little future hatched on your farm one day? You're out there on your tractor with your wife and said, "Wait a second, there, there's something really big here." No, no, no. It it didn't start with us by any means, right? It it actually, you know, we started with the conversation uh, around right. This was des- 
design from from farmers request right so so as john deere has continued you know all across our organization enterprise right as we continue to talk to farmers right we knew the labor challenges and the timing challenges were there and then really it became as we acquired blue river technology in, in 2017 you know now all of a sudden we had this internal capability to do computer vision and so we've always had the guidance products, right? To, to actually navigate this equipment out in the field. But what we haven't had prior to Blue River was really the capability to essentially see, to bring that context of what's going on around that, around that job. And so as we were, we were uh, in the early stages of, of working together, we also kind of asked ourselves like, hey, where else could this be applied? Autonomy quickly rose to the top there in, in 2019, as I mentioned, and we formed a team and, and then got after it. Beautiful. I, I mean, you're, you're, you're constantly innovating. You're looking to the market for solutions to improve the John Deere product, but then your end customer to improve the farmer's experience. Very powerful. And Joe... As we look to wrap up this insightful, interesting conversation, I hope during the summer you can send me some Indian corn, a late summer <laughs> corn one day, because it's delicious. What would you like our listeners to take away with them? Yeah, I, I think I think for me, the, uh, a takeaway here is, you know, the opportunities in agriculture are, are tremendous. Farmers are incredible stewards of the land, and they're focused on, on being the most productive as they can with the land that they have. And then if you think about it, right, the, the cool part is we've all need to eat, right? We should all care about, about a farmer being able to grow to grow more food and grow it in a sustainable way. And then it just opens the door for, for innovation, right? And so as you see more technology getting developed in adjacent spaces, right, the, the opportunity to then intersect some technology that might be developed on the West Coast for, for, for a different vertical, how can that be applied to agricultural? And then really the, the opportunity here is endless. As I said, I think the future is plant by plant management and it'll take innovation across the board to, to truly enable that. I love the line, farmers are stewards of the land. They're doing it for their family. They're, they're doing it for society to put yummy food in our tummies because today is tomorrow. Tomorrow is today and the future is autonomous tractors. Joe, thank you so much for coming on SAE tomorrow today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to SAE Tomorrow Today. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please kindly rate, review, and let us know what topics you'd like for us to explore next. Be sure to join us next week when leaders from Borg Warner share how they are accelerating the world's transformation to e-mobility and carbon neutrality in the electric vehicle market. SAE International makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. The information and opinions are for general information only. SAE International does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast.